Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we are talking about Ryan's pick as he continues to make us watch the films in the Predator franchise, but not the Alien vs. Predator franchise, with the 2000 film, 2010 film Predators. Uh, but before we get into that, we like to talk about things that we've watched that don't have to do with today's main topic, and a little thing we like to call We Watch This. And uh, I don't know if you guys can tell from my background, but uh, I uh, saw a thing over the weekend. <laughs> How did you get a poster of it already? Um, it's Alan. Very carefully. <laughs> I do get things. I have 25 posters from a film that we did on the podcast not even a month ago sitting on my table right now. I thought you had one. How did you get 25? I don't know. But they're still sealed in everything from 1995. This is exactly um, what I'm talking about. Yeah. I want one. I want one. Uh, no, so I saw Thor Love and Thunder over the weekend. Uh, and my full review is going to be available over on Victims and Villains tomorrow, where I am the Marvel correspondent with our friend Josh Howell. Uh, but I figured I'd talk about it a little bit here because I didn't see anything else. Uh, <laughs> so I have the poster behind me from Disney Insider Rewards. Got it. Um, so you get points for going to see movies and you can just get points for like entering codes and stuff on their website and buying merchandise through Disney. Um, so I had enough points from just like linking all of my accounts and setting up that I was able to buy, uh, an actual theater sized double-sided poster for Thor Love and Thunder. And you can't see it, but it's the one with Jane Foster. It's, uh, not definitely not the one that is my phone background right now. Uh, (laughs) so you hated the movie? Uh, I, I did not hate the movie. Um, I enjoyed it. Like it. It has it has problems, and I will give it that. Um, Taika Waititi got a little bit away from the story and threw a little few too many jokes in there, but the mm. cast is great. Christian Bale is a going back to Batman. Christian Bale is a yeah. great villain in this. Natalie Portman's fantastic. Chris Hemsworth is there. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know it's great. Stole the last movie. He did, but he's kind of just doing the same shtick that he did last time. and oh. it, it. But this time you see his ass. So, um, great. Ryan, I really recommend this for you just so you can see Russell Crowe as Zeus. <laughs> because I expected Russell Crowe to like, I don't know why, but I just expected him to keep his Australian accent for it. No, he's doing <laughs> like, like a Greek accent that is borderline racist. Oh no! <laughs> and it is fantastic. <laughs> and Ryan, I told you something off air that I'm not going to divulge here, but okay, um, that has to do with one of the post credit scenes. Okay, but yeah, I'll tell Devin. I'll tell you between podcasts tonight. Okay, cool. If you want so to know, I, I very, very much need to know. Yes. Does it connect or or show that this is going in a direction is it giving a direction for the phase four or is it basically like the the two end credit scenes are 
funny Thor joke because Taika Waititi wanted an extra scene, and then like Julia Louis Dreyfus shows up to to someone and is like, "Want to be on Not the Avengers?" and then walks away. I don't know why I gave her that accent. No, I one of them at least is setting up something for the future. Is uh, it exciting looking? Uh yes. Okay. Especially if you're a fan of a certain TV show. Um, the other one could go Smash, could could go either way. Could just be a stinger, or it could be setting up something for the future. Um, okay. But there there's still no real direction of which way the Marvel Phase Four is going at mm-hmm. this point. And Josh and I had a long conversation. Like the last twenty minutes of the podcast, I think, were just about this. I might um, just need to watch. Yeah. To listen to that. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not clear where they're going with the MCU at this point, which is fine. Cause we're still kind of early. Like we didn't really know about, we didn't know about the infinity stones until Thor two, which was the eighth film mm-hmm. in the MCU. So, but we all kind of knew Avengers was coming from Iron Man. Yeah. Which like was interesting, but I don't think there's, I don't think there's a problem with, just taking a break from the team up films and having a phase that is introducing all of these new characters. You got, uh, the, the Kate, you got Kate Bishop, you got the new black widow. Uh, yeah. you've got moon Knight, you've got Ms. Marvel. She Hulk's coming up. So I don't yeah. think that, I don't think that it's a bad thing to take a phase and just introduce all of these new characters. Um, which just seems, seems to be what they're doing, but Hopefully in the few weeks at Comic-Con, we'll know more for sure about what the future of the MCU looks like. So Josh and I said we were going to be covering that. So if Devin, if you want to join us on that, we would, maybe we could work. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. So I'm on board. You got me. Where can we listen to your review, Alan? Uh, Our review is on victims and villains, Twitch channel. I did not upload it to their YouTube yet, but I can do that whenever I want. Uh, (laughs) Perfect. Um, but it'll also be on podcast feeds wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, so the link will be in the Twitch chat. Uh, now you can visit victims and villains dot net for their for their stuff and wherever you get podcasts. Cool. So, uh, Ryan, how about you? Have you watched anything recently? Yeah, uh, Kristen and I watched a, a 2021 film called The Cursed, uh, which was directed by uh, Sheen Sean Ellis, Ellis? Mm. However, however you pronounce that. Um, I really liked it. I mean, I wouldn't be talking about it if I didn't. Um, it's set in uh, uh, rural 19th century France. And it's one of a, and it's a film that does a new take on the one of one of the classic monster movies. Okay. Um, it has to do with French farmers and, uh, I guess, French farmers, gypsies, and mythical beasts. So uh, when you when you said myth like classic horror horror creatures, I was like, yes, the classic horror creature. French farmers. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the the whole premise of as I'm going to assume, Alan, it's the white poster on the screen. Yes. With the silver teeth. Okay. Yes. So it is silver teeth. Um, it, it's it's a werewolf movie, and oh, cool. I am very critical of werewolf movies, uh, and because I find a lot of them to be extremely stupid, because it's a very hard 
topic to do anymore because it's been done to death and it's kind of silly when you really think about it but they did it in a very very good way um it's almost a two hour long movie it needed all of those minutes to actually tell the story so i feel like none of it was really wasted um yeah i recommend it i actually wrote it down on my list to show you guys at some point so cool and the story is good enough to kind of get you through it like it's not kind of a generic because i've seen a couple of bad werewolf attempts i'm looking at you underworld um the the movie's good enough to like kind of carry it hmm the the plot of the movie's good enough to carry the the oh yeah yeah yeah, because there's they do they it's set like 20 25 years before world war one Interesting. Okay. And World War One is part of the storyline. Not what I expected. That makes me really interested in this stuff. Yeah. And they do the whole like turning into the werewolf, like mm-hmm. turning into the monster is unique. I I haven't seen it done like this before. Okay, cool. Because I, I don't know how many times I can see like somebody's nose get longer. Yeah, no, that, screaming. that 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 whole thing yeah. flat out does not happen. Okay, I mean, because that's a trope. Like, that's like a horror movie trope. So this sounds and like it's taking com- it new And they completely get rid of that, yeah. They, Good. They, they completely get rid of that. All right, make me watch this at some point. I really want to watch it. No, 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 we will. Good, good, good. All right, uh, Devin, how about you? What have you watched? So I watched a little TV show called Baymax. This one released on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my gosh, like two or three weeks ago. It's not old at all. This show is all of an hour long to watch every episode. Each individual episode, there are six of them, is about 12 minutes long. Like, this is a short, short series. But it is the most wonderful, most adorable series I think I've ever seen. Every episode, the episodes aren't focusing on, like, Big Hero 6 or, like, the hero team or, like, fighting crime. It's literally just Bayamax. Every episode is Bayamax helping a single person with their medical needs whether that medical need is their knee hurts, so they need to get more exercise, or, uh, you know, somebody breaks their ankle, somebody is on her very first period. So if you ever wanted to watch Baymax shopping for tampons, this is exactly what you wanted to watch. But no, honestly, it is a delightful little show, and I recommend it to anyone who has a free hour. Uh, Full confession, I have never seen Big Hero 6. As the Disney person in this podcast, it offends me to hear that. Yeah. I adored Big Hero 6. As the Marvel guy of the podcast, it offends me to say it. Right. I bet it did. So. Ryan, what is your, what is your, have you seen Big Hero 6? When I get back from vacation in August, that, that Tuesday is my pick, right? Yes. Because we talked about this. It's going to be Big Hero 6. <laughs> Yay. Nice. So, Good. so it is going to be a Disney movie. That I pick when I get, and it'll be a Disney movie that's not from me, which is perfect. There you go. <laughs> it, it it happens once in a blue moon or a it full does. moon, not very often. Just just like Ryan's werewolf movie. Um, I see what you did there. Connections. Yeah. yeah. Um, going from a medical jo- medical robot in a Disney cartoon to the next most wholesome creature in the in the film catalog at Disney, predators. <laughs> <laughs> Did you all also watch this on Disney Plus? No, we don't get it on Disney Plus here. We don't. We still don't have the Disney Plus, whatever they call it over there. Star, star, yeah. The, the adults I, only ours, section. Ours, ours is called Hulu. Is Hulu. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh. There we go. 
ours is gotcha. Hulu. Yeah. Which I've been watching a lot. Of, like, I just got my wife caught up on the first season of Only Murders in the Building. So, the Hulu is Ooh. like. Yeah. That's also Disney for me, which I love. That That is awesome. All right. So, um, Ryan, you want to talk to us about your pick? Yes. So, Predators is a 2010 movie inside the Predator franchise. Um, it was uh, produced by, and I don't understand why it's not a credit on IMDb. Uh, well, I mean, he he didn't get credit as a writer because he originally wrote the script, but then it got rewritten a bunch of times. But uh, it was the original idea of Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying his oh. last name correctly. Book of um, Boba Fett. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the director was uh, Nim. I should oh, no. have pronounced his. <laughs> I don't want to say Nimrod. It's it's, Nim- it's it's it looks like it's, it's Nimrod. Nimrod. It's not Nim. It's yeah. not Nimrod. <laughs> The joys of being, uh, this is the joy of being a dyslexic when you go to read someone's name. Um, but anyway. So, to be fair, he's not making it yeah. easy for you. He, no, he's no. not. Um, so it stars uh, Adrian Brody, Lawrence Fishburne, um, and a bunch of other people. Uh, Danny uh, Trejo. 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 Uh, yeah. Trejo. Um, this film is probably my favorite third depending on the day it's either my third or fourth favorite predator movie wow. i love the eyes devon i love the eyes yeah. um so and i know that there's a lot of people that are like what really really seriously this movie but i saw this movie a few years after it released mm-hmm. and the first time i saw it i wasn't entirely sure how i felt about it i love i i love the concept I loved the idea of the film. There were just a few casting choices that I couldn't get my head around. And at this point, I'm completely fine with it. In fact, I actually kind of like it. It's just there's still some moments where Adrian Brody says or does something, and all I can think of is Pee Wee Hum- uh, is is uh, is think of Pee Wee Herman fighting <laughs> Predator. And, you know, there are times where I still can't get that image out of my head. But I really enjoy this movie. I'm not going to say that it's a greatly well. I'm not going to say that, that that it's a greatly well made film. But for me, it's fun and it fits perfectly in the inside the Predator franchise. So, who wants to start? What you guys thought and your experience I, with this? Alan, have you seen uh, this first? Uh, this is the first time I watched this. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to split it up into two viewings because I was watching it late at night last night like I, I recorded the thor podcast last night it's like i should go watch predators and then i remembered better call saul's back so i was like i gotta watch better call saul and I then didn't know that. yeah um so i was like better call saul then predators and i got to the point where Lawrence fishboard comes in i was like okay yeah this seems like a yeah. good stopping point <laughs> um and boy am i glad i stopped it there because oh boy um i i enjoyed this a lot um this might be my favorite of the Predator movies you've had us watch so far. Excellent. Um, I and I think a lot of that has to do with the cast, with the exception of Adrian Brody. I think everyone <laughs> else here is doing a great job. I don't like Adrian Brody. Uh, That's fine. That's to to fine. me, he's just a joke from the Oceans movies. Um, <laughs> Good. And I don't see him as an action guy. Like, it looks like he's wearing 
Like at one point he's shirtless in this, and it looks like he's wearing the uh, the buff bodysuit that Weird Al wears okay. in UHF. Okay, to 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 add something, and this is and this is one of the many little facts that I've known about this movie for years. He put twenty five pounds of muscle on for this movie. Whoa, good for and him. And he still looks like a string bean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. <laughs> Which, which is not a negative... I'm not saying that's a negative thing. I'm not making fun of him because I know when I was in my 20s, if I were to add on 20 pounds, uh, 25 pounds of muscle, I would have looked the same way. I would have been like, where are those 25 pounds of muscles, man? Like you said, you, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's like the scale saying it's there, but where is it? Yeah, where'd it go? <laughs> but yeah, that, the, the Weird Al bodysuit. Yeah, I could definitely... <laughs> But other than that, I I enjoyed it. I've got a lot to say about some other people in the film that I'll say for later. Um, Because there's a lot of people in here that I recognize from other things. Mm -hmm. And not just uh, from The Matrix or that 70s show. So I'm excited to talk (laughs) about that. Perfect. So I've never seen this movie before. Obviously, it's the first time watching this. Yeah. Loved it. From the second... (laughs) you see Adrian Brody falling from an airplane. I'm like, <laughs> movie's got me. Well done. I don't know why I think that the Predator movie should be always set in the jungle and not the concrete jungle of Los Angeles. But like, <laughs> this is wonderful. Every, like every beat of this movie, I actually had to pause at surprise Lawrence Fishburne. So I was like, what is he doing here? <laughs> but no, absolutely. This movie was a delight. I was with it the whole way. Loved the movie. I don't even know if I have problems with it. The casting's funny. I don't even care that the casting's funny. It just makes yeah. it better for me. Okay. It makes it a motley crew that you can get behind. Yeah, 100%. I mean, sure, give me give me Topher Grace as the medic that you know is going to be a serial killer. Great. Because <laughs> the whole time, he's like, I don't know why I'm here. I was just on my way to work as the doctor. Murder eyes. Like, the whole time, it's just it's like this dead expression i'm like yeah i can't wait for him to- i was really expecting like the just the venom costume to come out around him <laughs> from spider-man I, 3 i'm gonna throw this out there i think topher grace did a better job in this movie than he did in spider-man 3 yes i will wholeheartedly <laughs> agree to that and fun fact today is actually topher grace's birthday so happy <gasps> birthday topher grace happy birthday um, if you're listening if you're listening he is if you want <laughs> if you if you want to celebrate we'll be hanging out down the street. Same old thing we did last week. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yes. But um, the first time I saw this movie, mm-hmm. I legitly thought that he was a there for comic relief, and two, I thought that was like, well, it makes sense for them to get a doctor because they have like a bunch of these soldiers. None yeah. of them are medics, so they get a random doctor. Maybe he did something horrible or something like that, and that's why he's there. Like, that's legitimately what I thought. And then, yeah. like, before he reveals himself, like, they give a couple clues. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, this guy's a serial killer or something. Yeah, like, you can he's... tell. He's just not caught yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love that. So, all of the Predator movies so far have have been on Earth. And this is now taking you to a different planet. They don't really explain where it is. They just show you, hey, they're on an alien planet. What did you guys think of just the 
like that aspect of things and like being uh, and it's like having them being on like a reserve for these predators to hunt i like that you take it away from earth for a movie like you they for some reason they each have a weapon like they're starting off a match in Fortnite. um <laughs> but i i like that it, it was a change of scenery for the film um because they already did the jungle they already did the city um and they waited like 15 years or so to do the like 20 years to do this one. Yeah. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. It was on an alien planet. Um, it felt very f- Fortnite esque with them dropping in on parachutes yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, there's a, a, ever since I've seen this, there's been the dawn of like battle Royale games and call of duty became, you know, like, Call of Duty was already popular amongst like young gamers, and then like after 2010, it exploded mm-hmm. to be even more popular. Whenever I watch this movie, I can't help but think how video gamey it is because every single yeah. person is dressed completely differently. They all have different weapons. They all have different knowledge and different skill sets, and it's and they're just thrown together. I mean, me, I'm obsessed with the with the division games. So this so I mean this honestly makes me think of that and I'm sure other people like Alan, you were saying Fortnite. And that makes sense. Um and and I'm sure other people would think like Battlefield or Call of Duty or whatever. But you know, I just there are certain things about the way that they dress the characters that made me you know, always think straight to video games whenever I watch this. I was really waiting for Devin to chime in and just be like, for me, it's Animal Crossing. It reminded me a lot of Animal Crossing. <laughs> Animal Crossing? <laughs> no, I mean, for me, it was the most dangerous game. Because from the second you, like, saw Adrian Brody, like, interact with anyone else, I'm like, they're hunting them for sport, they're hunting them for sport, they're all together, they're hunting them for sport, mm-hmm. and man is the most dangerous creature. I was like, yes, I love this. And, mm-hmm. and it allowed me to, so they did give us some of that sweet, sweet lore of kind of the predators and what they do. But it allowed me to fill in more in my head that is now officially headcanon until I'm told otherwise. So there's that. Do tell. Do tell. Yeah. So yeah, the predators, the predators are essentially just all bored little rich kids that have nothing better to do with their time <laughs> than just hunt for sport because the actual predator home planet is just filled it's it's essentially like the spaceship from Wally. Every other predator is just this very fat, lazy thing. And these are the few that are like, ah, the most dangerous game. And these are like the small select breed of hunters. That is my headcanon for the predator race. You cannot tell me differently at this point. Read the comic books and that'll get shot out of the water real quick. Read the comic That's too much work. Yeah, I know. Are, is it just like Whatever a hunting? You guys... <laughs> is the hunting culture? Is that it? They're basically like Klingons from Star Trek. Like, ah. they're very, very, very warrior-based. I mean, yes, there's doctors. Yes, there's probably politicians, you know, and, you know, and, and like a government or something. Because, I mean, someone has to make the science to build the ships, you know. So, I mean, but their race is very warrior-driven. They're like the Spartans. Pretty much, yeah. Show me an impassioned political speech by a robed predator please that's all i want so 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 like a pacifist yeah Yeah, like a pacifist predator like maybe man isn't the most dangerous game maybe the most dangerous game is love this whole this whole 
This whole time we've been hunting ourselves. <laughs> Give me an introspective predator right now. Okay, so for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, um, you can kind of guess what the movie's about. Adrian Brody and a and a bunch of the other uh, uh, and a bunch of other people drop out of the sky into the onto a alien planet in the woods with all their weapons because they're all soldiers in one form of an uh, uh, because they're all like dangerous people in one. Mm-hmm. A way or another you you have someone from a cartel you have someone who was on death row you have um adrian brody which is like they don't really say where he's from he's like a mercenary for hire mm-hmm. you have someone from the israeli defense force in there mm-hmm. um and they pretty much just get hunted for sport and have to work together to try to survive and Predator stuff ensues. <laughs> I'm not sure how else to explain. Predator um, stuff, stuff ensues. Yeah, I mean, it does. Um, and it's a, it's a great action movie. Um, but, Alan, you said that there were other actors in this you wanted to pinpoint on? Yeah. Uh, the big one is Walton Goggins. Which I don't know if you guys know Walton Goggins from anything else, but... Whenever no. he shows up in something, it's a delight. He's in uh, The Hateful Eight, Django Unchained. Um, okay. But I, I've seen him most recently on The Righteous Gemstones, where he pay, plays Baby Billy Freeman, uh, <laughs> like the, the uncle to the, to the Gemstone family. Um, okay. And he is hysterical on that show. Um. <laughs> So seeing him in this was like, okay, Walton Goggins, let's go. Like I'm all in. So and and that was the death row mate, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah he he, he was also the bad guy in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's oh. right. He was. Oh, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. His character in this, I absolutely, I just love the ridiculousness of his character in this, because he's been in prison for so long. He was going to be put to death in two weeks. So he's just using this opportunity just to, you know, not worry about being put to death by the electric chair or by lethal injection or whatever. Um, and it leads to, he's part of one of my favorite like comedic moments in this. And I'm not going to say the line on here, um, but he talks about what he's going to do when he gets off planet. Yep. And yep. the actor from uh, that's, was it? Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Yeah. Topher Grace goes, yeah, it's five o'clock. And then he just <laughs> repeats the line. And then he goes down to sit next to, 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 to the Russian soldier. And he's like, don't talk to him. He's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do genuinely love the banter between these people. I mean, I, I liked kind of their relationship a lot more because at least them being in the jungle or a jungle-esque atmosphere, you can't help but kind of compare them to the original crew and like the original yeah. crew is iconic but you, you kind of I, I like them a bit better if i'm gonna be honest i think they have more they have more kind of diversity in them they're more you know they have <laughs> more different set of skills they have more unique personalities than like oiled muscle men in the jungle which is all yeah. that first one was it's all it was yeah, yeah which i mean you, you get a like um like how the one guy who was part of the RUF, mm-hmm. uh, he was talking about how 
you know, like in my culture, the one who has the most trophies gains gains the most respect. He has one view on these things that's yep. different from the rest of them. Um, uh, uh, Danny has his experience with working for, for, for the cartel, and yeah. he puts his two cents in. Like, you've got a group that, as far as I'm concerned, from the original movie, you've got Billy, who is the Native American, like, tracker yeah. in, in, in that crew. You, you have a group, you've got Adrian Brody, and then a bunch of Billies. Yeah, really, though, you do. And I absolutely love it. And particularly because I told you guys, my biggest disappointment in the first movie is the fact that they don't show the fight between Billy and the Predator. Oh, right. You just hear it off screen. But in this movie, my favorite character actually gets his one-on-one fight scene with the Predator. And that's uh, um, Hanzo, the Japanese uh, gangster. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he is very cool. Yeah, he's... He, he's got three lines in the entire movie, and he is my favorite one out of the group. <laughs> I mean, he's a good he's a good character. I mean, yeah. sometimes so, sometimes less is more. Like he, he has yeah. that one. Like I think he has my favorite line in the whole thing. It where uh, I think it's stuff for Grace is like you don't talk much. He's like I talk too much, and just shows that he's missing fingers. And like, damn, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is funny because um, doing the research for the movie, I found out that in that gang, in in that mm-hmm. like organized crime that they that that you know that he's a part of, I don't know why they do it, but it's to prevent them from being able to wield uh, those swords that they show him oh. wielding. It's something that has to do with like class or you know family line or like respect for you know like. The heritage or whatever that's why he was wearing like a like a sheath like mm-hmm. it's it, it's purposely made to cover the ring in the pinky finger got it that makes sense though so yeah. that's that was more of a cultural thing and he used it as a joke which was great <laughs> which was and it's great. a cool little detail that honestly i didn't pick up on the first watch like i didn't catch that that's why they cut those fingers off and what that what that meant yeah um and then also how he takes off his shoes like he steps his nice expensive shoes in the mud and he just decides well these are ruined i'm done and yep, just goes barefoot done. the rest of the t- the rest of the movie what a classy classy gentleman mm-hmm. uh so was we... there any oh sorry oh god no no go ahead no Devin, you gonna... go Devin, you yeah, go yeah, you oh, go. i was no. gonna ask i was gonna ask yeah. what your favorite character was ryan, or alan because ryan you gave yours yeah i'm curious what alan's is didn't I give mine? Walton got like, oh, well, was that, was uh, that well, it? Um, I guess he's not my favorite character. Uh, I don't know. I like them as an, like them as an ensemble. Yeah, um, yeah. I like Danny Trejo's entrance. Like he's always fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's going to die first because it's Danny Trejo. But I was looking yeah. at the IMDb trivia and I guess in the script, they had that character listed as a guy who looks like Danny Trejo. Like Danny Trejo. Yeah. And when Danny Trejo found out, he called Robert Rodriguez and said, hey, I heard there's a guy in the script for Predators who looks like Danny Trejo. And guess what? I look just like Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, yeah. <laughs> what a classy guy. Well, uh, and then, you know, Robert and you know, and Danny go off and make the Machete movies after this. Oh, they've been working oh, together right. for years. Like, he's yeah. been, he was Machete before, before this. Like, that Machete character is in the Spy Kids movies. No, no, no. I well, look, wow. Well, I didn't know that. What I'm saying is that Machete and Machete Kills were mm-hmm. came out after this movie. Though. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah. But all I'm saying is Machete has been a character outside of those films too. No. Like Machete. Was in Spy Kids. Yeah, that Machete is the same Machete as Spy Kids. Uh, okay, That's I shouldn't so be weird. too weird out on that since uh, who was the co- uh, Shining Time Station? The conductor was uh, which one? Comedian. George Carlin. George Carlin. Yeah was the conductor on Shiny Time Station, which was a PBS kids show. So I shouldn't be too surprised that Machete was, you know, in a kid's movie. <laughs> That's fair. That's Give fair. me a second. I'll look yeah. up all the films that Machete is in. Uh, okay. While you do that, my favorite character in this one uh, was Isabel. I thought she was wonderful. Yeah, no, uh, she's great. Yeah. yeah, I thought she was the I, I love that she was the one that stayed behind for Danny Trejo. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I really connected with her character. Now, while Alan's pulling that up, Ryan, I wanted to ask, like, she takes a long time to tell you her name, and she's the one that knows about the Predators and knows about what happened in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Was I supposed to remember her from the first one? And I just, like, pulled a Devin and oh, forgot about no, it? No, 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 no. Okay, no, no. good. Okay. She's in the IDF. Or okay. Not yet. No, no. Israeli Defense Forces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's part of the IDF. She probably knows about it because she's probably like their version of like spec ops. Got it. Okay. So she would know from, you know, just having like, you know, conversations between the US government and the Israeli mm-hmm. government, which completely makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for her to know that the aliens existed mm-hmm. makes complete sense for like the level of, you know, soldier that she is. Yeah. Because the fact that she's there. I mean, she would have to be top notch. Yeah, and that makes sense. Though. My my yeah. big my biggest thing is like, how many times are the Predator franchise is the Predator franchise going to just be like, so this one time in the eighties in the jungle, <laughs> this 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 elite team was taken out by one of these things. Like every like pred- they did it in Predator two, and they yeah. did it in this one. Does it happen again in the Predator, or do I just have to wait and find out? I think they expand on it a bit more than just that. Okay. And, and at but, what and at what point do they get Schwarzenegger back? Because it feels like it needs to happen. Do they? No, they. I'm gonna have to no. Aww. Now, 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Glover, man, Danny Glover uh, from Danny Glover. They were supposed to have scenes in this movie. How? I have no idea. But they cut them out. Interesting. I don't know I, how I, that would have worked. I mean, I don't think they filmed it from what I saw, but that yeah. was the original plan. Like, if yeah. they could have just been brought there as like on the next wave. Like, that would have been a hell of a way to end this. Yeah. Just have them come in and, like, yeah. Schwarzenegger's like, get them the chopper. And Danny Glover's just like, I'm too old for this shit still. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so I've got the answer on Machete. Great. Uh, Machete first appeared in Spy Kids in 2001. Uh, and then he appeared in Spy Kids 2, Spy Kids 3D. Grindhouse in the fake Machete trailer, Machete, which came out in 2010, Spy Kids 4, Machete 4, Machete Kills, uh, the Snickers Brady Bunch commercial. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like one episode of the Spy Kids show that was on Netflix. And um, they've talked about the 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 canon for Machete. Uh, in a in a Reddit AMA, Trejo jokingly stated that what Uncle Machete does when he's not taking care of the kids uh, is what you see in Machete. <laughs> <laughs> I I love it, absolutely okay. love it. Yeah. 
Um, that's amazing. I never knew that 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 it went that deep. I just I love that difference between like Spy Kids movie, yeah. almost triple X movie. Spy yeah. Kids like movie. when 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 my nephew's old <laughs> enough, we're gonna have a Spy Kids marathon. We're gonna watch Spy Kids, Spy Kids two, Spy Kids three D, and then Machete. <laughs> <laughs> Oh really? my god! Yeah. Um. So, one of the other characters in the group, the Russian Nikolai, mm-hmm. um, that actor, when this movie was translated to Russian, dubbed his own lines. What a cool guy! I love when they do that. Yeah. So that to me likes the character even more, mm-hmm. knowing that because I I haven't really seen. I I don't recognize this guy from anywhere else. I, I only know him from this movie. And so the fact that I found out that like he dubbed his own stuff into Russian for the Russian release mm-hmm. makes me b- believe the character even more. So yeah, I, it, it gives it an air of authentic, authenticity. And I really liked his character a lot too, though. I mean, yeah. it, you're pretty hard pressed to find a character I didn't love. I think the one that I, I had the hardest time with was just, I think he's called Berserker Predator, but he's the one with the big jaw. I think he was just, I think his design was silly. Played by Bruce Campbell. Like, yeah. You mean the main one? The one that had the black yeah. helmet and like the, the bone? Okay. Yeah. So do you remember what Lawrence Frenchburn was saying about the blood feud? Yeah, with the big ones versus the little ones. Alan, you okay? Yeah, I... Yeah. I messed up. My favorite character is Lawrence Fishburne. For a second, I forgot he was in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. There. Oh. We've got that planned out. Okay. Good. Good. Um. So, that that plays a big deal in the next one, in the oh. Predator. Okay. Um. The fact that there's two different t- kind. And mm-hmm. yes, I'm not a fan of of the face design. Yeah. Because you've got like the original Predator, the smaller one that actually has like the spines and like yeah. you know, the facial features, the brows, the cheekbones, the jawline, like mm-hmm. everything about it is, you know, very alien. It's hard to really recognize what you're looking at, you know, like mm-hmm. where the bends in the face are. And in the new ones like airstreamed, you know? Yeah. It's like an SUV versus a sports car. Like the, the new face sleek is model. Just like, yeah, exactly. It it, it doesn't yeah. really work for me in a way mm-hmm. like it's like someone took the uh took the xenomorph alien head yeah shrunk it down to about the size of a football and then stuck <laughs> a like a four-cornered funnel on the end of it yeah do yeah it's pretty much right do you think the predators looked at the the alien head and did that themselves because kinetically they know about the xenomorph it's true so maybe they did that design on purpose you talk well i'm talking about the actual face the face shield yeah i'm saying yeah. if, no, if no, they... no 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 i'm talking about the skull like the actual head of the alien uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm not talking about the helmet i'm, oh, okay. I'm not talking about the face mask or anything I'm, okay i'm talking about the the, 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 the the actual head on the predator itself the costume design it's mm-hmm. too smooth like it's just too air um aerodynamic um and I think they were trying to separate the Predators even more by decorating the masks compared to the original set of Predators who didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. 
I think they were trying to separate them a bit more. It just looks like he has an underbite. I think that's the, that's the <laughs> biggest thing that probably said, gonna get you. So would you have liked the tusks that the other one had on the main one? Yeah. Because the one had, had like the bones tied uh-huh. and like tusks on the front. I would have liked that one. Absolutely, I would. I mean, I okay. think it's just, I think the jaw looks silly. I think that's my biggest complaint. <laughs> well, but... it's a very strong con uh, because it's it's bone. It's like aged yellowed bone on like a sleek black face front. I mean, and when you describe it like that, it sounds so cool. And, and that sounds great. But in actuality, it just looks like, it, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's design, concept versus execution for yeah. me for you. So, Lawrence Fishburne's character <laughs> is amazing in this. And Alan, s- since since it is your favorite, I want you to go into why. <laughs> oh, uh, he he he's just batshit crazy. Um, it's it's like Yoda on Dagobah. Like you leave him alone for so long, he just goes insane. And you don't get to see that often from Lawrence Fishburne. Usually, it's like. I'm Perry White at the Daily Planet, or I'm Morpheus, and I, I'm all serious. Take a pill. Um, yeah. <laughs> but here, like, it's more—it's it, Lawrence Fishburne being weird, and I loved it. Like, I wish there was more of it. Like, the fact that he only gets, like, ten minutes of screen time is probably my least favorite part of the film, but he's phenomenal. Like, I would love to see—like, yeah. I want to see a buddy cop comedy with him and Keanu Reeves now. <laughs> so, um— he did all of that in three days of shooting. I'm not surprised. I, yeah. What, can, a, what a champion. That. Yeah. They, they, they only had him on for three days and there was like 35 plus days of filming. So like 36, 30, I mean 50. Wow. There was like 56 or 57 days of shooting. So like 55 plus. Mm-hmm. And he, and he was only there for three days Wow. for it. So, I mean, it's just to me, I mean, yeah, I would have liked, that whole thing to play out a little bit a bit further than uh than what they did because i really like them showing the group react to him talking to himself when Mm -hmm. it came to like describing like how long he's been there and he's like turning over and going no i got it i'll tell him don't worry about it yeah and they're just all kind of staring at him like he's been here for like 10 years but um all I could find was that he'd been there for like maybe three or four years. He says ten he seasons. Said, so he says ten seasons, and I, I've um, I found a variety of different people trying to explain that. Oh wow! And the the average like the shortest amount of time I saw was two years. The longest mm-hmm. amount of time I saw was four years. Yeah. So I'm going to say three. Yeah, because I mean, that, that would kind of describe his mental state. If the seasons are like they are on Earth, then I would say three and a half years, probably. That makes sense. Part part of me wonders if that's the role that Schwarzenegger was supposed to get. Like they they arrive here and then like in the Predator suit is just Schwarzenegger going crazy, like don't touch that. Like I'll tell him then. Like just. <laughs> Would, Can would you, you guys have one guy? giving the same lines? Could you like yeah. the same exact lines as Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> Would, I don't know, oh. would you guys have wanted that for him, though? Like, would you guys have wanted him to get exploded by a predator on a ship because he was trying to smoke out the heroes? I don't think that if it was Schwarzenegger in that role, I don't think it would have been that same ending. Like, I don't think it'd be the exact right. same role. I think maybe he gets off the planet with them. At, mm. Or, like, he he's a, a, he survive, survives until the end. Or he, like, but, heroically sacrifices himself defending the group or something like that. Like, 
he gets like a heroic send off. It, it just baffles me that like this is the one franchise Schwarzenegger hasn't come back to, but he's done like twenty Terminator movies. That's fair, because it would be great to see him again in one of these. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah. So the other, the only other things that I found. Um, that the only the only other things that i wanted to know your guys reaction on mm-hmm. was uh the ending the two songs they play during the credits did you guys listen to at least the start of the second song no i don't think or i did the, the the first one was um little richard right yes it's the same song they were playing in the huey in the first movie flying out to the jungle that's, that's very cool i did not yeah. catch that and then the theme that they play after that is is the original Predator theme to the first film. Oh, that's um, very cool. Now, Robert Rod- Rodriguez, um, mm-hmm. the reason why this was made by... Uh, the reason why there was a different production company involved mm-hmm. in this besides Fox was that Robert wanted to have complete control. So he transferred that over to his production uh, company. Got instead it. of going through Fox. So that's why it's done by, was it troubleshooting or mm-hmm. what? Yeah, their their logo in the name. beginning was phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. Just all of the explosions. Great. Um, and he, he, he also told everyone that the first Predator movie is where everyone were to get their inspiration for costume design, art design, oh, wow. music. He, uh, he basically sent out a memo that said the and so that the only reference that he wants anyone to take any type of direction from was the first movie. Oh, wow. Um, so that's why, I mean, that might be one of the reasons why I like this one so much. It's because mm-hmm. it feels, there's a lot of aspects to this that feel like the first one. Um, and he's, he's also come out and said uh, quite strongly um, that this is not, absolutely not part of the Alien vs. Predator franchise this is part of the predator <laughs> franchise oh he, was, he, he is very very adamant about that i Why? mean explain that to me i because i've seen alien versus predator i've seen that a while ago so i don't remember it and i remember it did being you see just the fine. second one not even a little bit okay maybe that's why you're okay yeah so they just things, like like i like the first one don't get me wrong mm-hmm. i like the first Alien versus Predator. It's one of the three that Kristen and I watch together in in rotation occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second one is just hard to get. Do they through. just do the Predator dirty in that one and like kind of switch uh, continuity or like? They set it in like a small Wyoming town where like Predator and Alien land in this small little like two thousand person town. Mm-hmm. So think okay. So think Red Dawn. Okay. But the Predator and the Xenomorphs are fighting each other, and the U.S. government knows about these things and decides to nuke the town to get rid of everything. Wow. That's yeah. No, it's not wow because it's set up like a teen drama movie. Oh, that's what I wanted in my Predator movie. There no. wasn't enough. There wasn't enough teen drama in this. Like okay, so. Requiem, whatever this, 
yeah the, second, the second alien versus predator movie suffers from that same thing that other movies do mm-hmm. where i came on here instead a while ago that like it it has that like wb feel oh yeah 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 so like know. you don't think this movie would have like this movie would have benefited a little bit if you knew that like Topher Grace had a bit of a crush on Adrian Brody and was afraid to talk to him, which is why they don't share many lines together. Cause I think it would have added something. I, I think, I think it should have gone the other way. I think, um, Topher Grace's dad should have come in and threatened to put a boot up his ass. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that now you guys got my Pee Wee Herman comment. I made. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Three weeks ago. Okay, good. Yeah. Because when this movie first came out, a lot of people made that joke. I was one of them about oh, how like it was Pee Wee Herman fighting aliens. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they selected him was because they felt like if they were to have casted like a Vin Diesel type actor, they would have gotten flack for being too much like the first movie. So they decided to go with getting an actor that was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So, so that they didn't have to deal with that. But I'm not entirely sure that. I mean, okay. So, know. so their logic was Vin Diesel's too butch. Let's get the guy from the piano. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's I'm, just I'm, really I, hard sometimes seeing him do. I'm glad. I'm glad it's not Vin Diesel in this because I could definitely see this being like Fast and the Furious 11. Then, like, oh, well, the, the only way we, the only way we stop the predators is family. Like. <laughs> Predator's part of the family now. Yeah. Yeah. As he's looking around, he sees a con. Yep. <laughs> Someone from the Mexican cartel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what? Isn't that just what uh, Fast and Furious has become now? Like, it's just somebody from every organization around the world that's part yeah, of the family I, now. I don't know because I stopped at three. <laughs> You're miss honestly. You're missing out. They are phenomenal. On the last one, phenomenal. the last one I saw was five, and I was like, "This is not mm-hmm. what I expected this movie to be." It was just a heist film. Uh, yeah. it's not my kind of heist film because, like, my go-to is like Oceans, like any of the Oceans movies. Um, no, at this point, it's just self-aware. The Fast and Furious franchise. They know what they are. They know what they're doing, and they know the reputation they have, and they're yeah. just steering straight into it. Oh, it's glorious ah, i see what you did there staring yeah. we're I'm, I'm adding a couple of them to the list by the way for us i'll get y'all caught up like because to me fast and the furious like cars like predators is about you know like predators aliens sci-fi mm-hmm. and to me the correlation would be what the fast and the furious movies began with and ended with is yeah. you would have like Alien versus Predators movie started off about you know like science fiction alien warriors mm-hmm. you know battling humans and then Predator Eleven is you know basically the poets the dead the dead poet society yeah. where you have aliens teaching xenomorphs how to write poetry like that <laughs> to me is the difference between where oh. Fast Furious started to where it is now and um. like. My yeah. summer child, me. we will we will get you up to date. Don't no, you no, 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 no. It's fine. My <laughs> my analogy from what I know still holds, though. From it probably from does. Where, how I'm just talking about how different where it started to where yeah. it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't. I'm not denying you that, but I. Oh, it's so good. Let's wait. Okay. 
All right. Any other thoughts on Predator before we wrap this up? Last question for you guys. Yes. Because I've been wondering about this. So I have a definite answer to it. What was your favorite kill slash death in this? Because, oh boy, did they get creative sometimes. <laughs> and I'll go first. Mine was 100% Walter Goggins. When he, oh, he rips all of his spinal cord and skull out. Oh, and yeah. then you see this deflated beach ball of a head lay in there. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this movie. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. Well, the uh the Yakuza guy, the uh the sword fight. Yeah. That was a good yeah, one. That was really cool. So you guys took my one and two. Those are my <laughs> answers. So I'm going to give my own answer to my own specific one because I okay. I'm sure that you guys don't have answers for this. Mm-hmm. My favorite gun in this, okay, mm-hmm. is okay. the AA twelve. What is that one? Pretend that's I'm the w- that's the one that Adrian Brundy's carrying. The automatic shotgun. That thing exists. That wow. thing's real. It is an auto shotgun. It's my favorite gun in the whole movie. They sell it at Walmart. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> we live in America, but not that I, much of America. I, I had a, a weird problem with a gun where the Russian was just shooting all willy-nilly. And I was like, where are you getting the ammo, sir? And then realized it was probably his book bag. Yeah. Um, and that's that's actually an error in the film. A pretty major one for gun nuts. Tell me. Um, Tell me. That's 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 an American handheld minigun. <laughs> the movie, the movie, uh, uh, the cast and crew for the movie could not secure the Russian version of that, which is a four-barrel rotating gun, not a six. Oh, so I got the better one. So, well, th- th- they got the one that they could get their hands on. <laughs> that's fair. I, you know, I didn't notice. I, I never would have picked that you out. You wouldn't have noticed. I didn't notice this until maybe like a year ago when I was looking this stuff up. <laughs> one, uh, um, uh, when I was looking this stuff up for one of the other movies we were doing. I didn't even know Adrian Brony's gun, for example, was a shotgun. I was like, wow, that's a powerful gun. And just like yeah. left it at that. So yeah, that's no, where that, I'm at with this. I first encountered that one in a video game and I fell in love with it then and I still am now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. So. All right. Any other final thoughts? Well, no. si- since I talked about it earlier, uh, it is Sofa Grace's birthday. Uh, so I-, I had a question I meant to ask you guys earlier, so you were prepared for this. But mm-hmm. what is your favorite Topher Grace film? Like, what is your Yeah, Furiously Searching. Oh, easy. Black Landsman. Okay. I haven't seen that yet. Easy. Love it, love it. I've I've only heard great things about that. It's so good. Oh, I'd be lying if I said when a date with Tad Hamilton. So I'm so I'm <laughs> not gonna say that. Uh, this might actually be my favorite performance of his that I've seen on the screen. Actually, no, I take that back. Um, the Ocean's movies. He's fantastic playing himself in those. Um, I, I think I have to go through and watch the oceans 11 movies because in uh 13, there's a, there's a, there's a con that they do called the Brody that I just kept thinking about every time I watched that, watched this movie today. Like every time Adrian Brody was on screen, I was like, Oh, the Brody. <laughs> so well, maybe that's one of the ones we do for our live streams. Cause that I, I would watch the oceans movies any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would have to say this simply because like I'm going through his like what he's been an actor in mm-hmm. and 
the only other stuff that I would possibly put up there, like they're all TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A so lot of my favorite TV. film is this. I mean, I forgot okay. that Topher Grace came to Penn State when I was there and showed us uh, "Take Me Home Tonight." Like I got to see him do a Q and A after that movie in person. What could you have possibly answered about Take Me Home Tonight? There was nothing. He, he was pretty much just shitting on Spider-Man 3 the whole time. <laughs> uh, He's like, you want, yeah, I left that 70s show and then I did that Spider-Man thing, which was a mistake. And then now I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think that does it for our episode on Predators. Ryan, I believe your next pick is also going to be a Predator film because... There is a new Predator film coming out here soon, right? Yes, and it is the last in the sequence. It is the Shane Black, The Predator movie, which I'm just going to tell you guys right now. It is flat out, depending on the day, either my second or first favorite Predator movie. Wow. Because I've seen all the movies, I get all the lore, I love all the Mm -hmm. humor, and this movie is all of that summed up. Okay. I'm excited for this one because I, I love Shane Black. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. So that'll be in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin, you are next on the rotation. What is your pick for next week? So believe it or not, it's not a Disney movie. Uh, next week, we're going to watch a Wes Anderson movie uh, called The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. I, guys, I can't wait for you to watch this. <laughs> And I do believe that there will be a change in the schedule for next week. Um, So I believe the plan right now is we will be live, not on Tuesday, but Sunday night. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned for details on that. To find out when we are live, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, where we will let you know as soon as we figure all the details out. Um, You can also, if you're watching us here on Twitch, hit that, hit that follow button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on Facebook, you probably already liked our liked our page, so thank you. Uh, you can listen to you can listen to you have to watch this podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Even if you watch the live stream, please download the episodes. It really helps us out with with ads. We've been running ads on the show, so even if you yeah. even just the downloads help. So uh, we appreciate that. Um, until next time. For you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And you guys are not ugly sons of bitches. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>